I'm going to read. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's what Jesus says. And verse 22 says, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, just thinking about the possibility of the light in somebody to be darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great that darkness is. <laughs> Verse 24. No one can save two masters, for either he will hurt the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You also cannot save both God and mammony. Cannot save both God and mammon. Verse 25. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you put on. Is not life more than food? Is not the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bands. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit of his stature? Which of you, by worrying, can add one day to their life? So why do you worry about clothes and so many other things? Consider the lilies of the fields, the flowers, how they grow. They neither toil nor do they spin. They don't store in the buns for tomorrow. They don't cultivate. And yet, I say to you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed and clothed like one of these flowers. Now, if God saw clothes, the grass of the field, which today exists and tomorrow are thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Amen. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your assurance of provision 
of protection of our lives this morning. And you are good father. You provide for our needs, our daily care, our daily needs. Even of things that we do not ask about like life and breathing. We thank you Lord for families and friends. Thank you for the clothes we have. Thank you for the shoes on our feet. Thank you Lord that we can breathe. Thank you for your air that is in our lungs this morning. We just wanted, Lord, to acknowledge your greatness and say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Life, money, and legacy. That's our focus, our topic today, and focusing on legacy, living a good legacy. Living a good legacy. Why do I say living a good legacy? It's because I am very much aware that everyone lives a legacy. There is no single person in this life who does not live a legacy. But the difference is you can either live a good legacy or a bad legacy. People can remember you for good things or they can remember you for bad things. Jesus on the final day, he will either call you and speak good things and welcome, well done, good and faithful servant, or he will comment on your, on your legacy and say, you workers of iniquity, you evil and vile man, get away from my presence. Be removed and be cast in the lake of fire where you will gnash and cry and, you know, and, and suffer in, in, in anguish and agony for your work follows you. So each and every one of us lives a legacy. The question to you and me is, what legacy are you living here on earth? What legacy are you living right now as you exist? As long as you are alive and you are breathing every day of your life, you are adding up, you're living a legacy, you're building memory, life, and so many other things. And one day, all those things will be recollected together and be said of you. That there goes a soldier of Christ. Or there goes a troublemaker. In this text that we are from reading, Jesus is concerned about the legacy that the children of God are to live here on earth. He starts commenting about what the Gentiles or non-believers or people who do not know the Lord seek after. All right? Because he mentions it in passing, and therefore it applies on the rule of priority. He says, you, you worry about these, the foods, clothes, about so many things. Don't you know that the Gentiles worry about these things? And he's setting a rule of priority like, okay, he has mentioned these things in passing. And he's trying to let you know that these are things, that's what their life for the people who do not know the Lord, their life is all about these things. It is all summarized on happiness and possession here on earth to have it all. Have wealth, treasure, and peace, um, happiness, and all these things. And that's all. There is nothing more to life than those. You agree with me? It's all about competition in gaining wealth, in gaining academic excellence, and all these things. That's all good. Jesus does not say it's bad. You didn't hear him say these things are bad. 
These things are good, but it becomes so bad if your life ends by acquiring all these things and there's nothing else. What happens of you after you die? That's what Jesus is concerned about. That's where salvation continues. You know, in God, we have eternity with him. Once life here on earth is over, we have a life waiting for us. In the presence of God, in the presence of Jesus, we have an abundance of life waiting for us. If we invest in the kingdom, if we invest in the eternal life, if we invest in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we have more to life than today and tomorrow. So Jesus is saying, do not reduce the quality of your life by worrying so much about today only. You also think about tomorrow. We are concerned about a lot of things in this life. Making ends meet, sticking to a budget, planning for retirement, managing debts for those in debts, handling investments for those who have already invested, and Jesus is saying that all these things are okay, but they are temporal. And then in these verses that we have read, he has given us three pairs, or I would say things that we can choose from. Number one, he talked about two treasures. He says, treasures on earth and the treasures in heaven. Jesus says that, do not store treasures here on earth where there are moths, there are thieves, there are robbers, after you have invested and stored your treasures, there is no guarantee for safety. But if you store your treasures in heaven, where thieves, moths, robbers cannot access and penetrate, your treasures will remain there forever and ever. And your treasures will be kept safe in the hand of your maker. He also talks about another pair. He talks about two perspectives to life. And in this, he talks about a bad eye and a good eye. He says that if your, your eye, he says the eyes are the lamps of the body. And if you're in you, if your eye is full of darkness, great is your darkness. But if your eyes are full of light, your whole body will be illuminated by the light of your eyes. Should I go on to say... If you, you, your eyes are full of envy, they are full of greed, they are full of malice, they are full of backbiting, they are full of bitterness, whatever you see, you only have this negative perspective to life. The quality of your life will be reduced. Your heart will suffer so many things. That's what Jesus is saying. If your light or your eyes are full of darkness, Jesus says, great <laughs> is your darkness. But if your eyes are full of light and the light of God and the heart of God is in you, he says that your whole body will be illuminated and will be shining and spinning in joy because your eyes can see right. You see things for what they are. You see things how God has called them to be. You see things with the eyes of Christ. You see people with the eyes of Jesus. You see situation based on their spiritual reality, not on physical perspectives. Jesus says there are two perspectives to, lie, to life, either bad eye or good eye. There are people who have got bad eye to life. 
Do you agree with me? And there are people who have got good eye to life, more especially believers, because the life of God is in you, and the mind of God is running in you, and the Holy Spirit is directing you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Amen. And the other thing Jesus talks about is two masters. Jesus says, you can save one of them. You can't save both at the same time. And Jesus says, there is mammon and there is Christ. There is God. Who do you want to save? Well, it's very interesting. I'd like to think that we end up in between, you know, a little bit of mammon, a little bit of God, of, of God. You know, like it feels good. Ooh, life on earth. Muchifankei, they call it. And you'd like to end up somewhere there in the middle and have each of these. But Jesus says it's binary. Jesus says it's binary. You can't, you can't, you can't, you have to choose one. It's either God and you serve God, invest your life, your money, your quality of life in God, and reap the eternal benefit, or invest in this life, in the world, in certain, in pleasure and leisure of this life. And there are harvest and investment to both. There are consequences to both. There are benefits to both. But we know that the benefits that comes with investing your treasures, your life in the kingdom of God is joy and peace and happiness. Hallelujah. Joy, peace, and happiness surrounds the kingdom of God. Joy, peace, and happiness. Jesus says we can't end in between. We have to choose where we invest. So he says that where your treasures are, that's where your heart will be. That's where your life will be. Where your investment is, that's where your mind and your life is going to be. Where are you investing is your question this morning. I have a story of two brothers, David and John. Nearly two year, 200 years ago, there were two Scottish brothers. One was called John and the other one was called David. We know them by Livingstone, right? So there was David Livingstone and his younger brother, John Livingstone, uh, nearly 200 years ago. And John Livingstone set his, had set his mind on acquiring life and gaining life and wealth here on earth. And the man was after it. And yes, he became wealth and rich, John Livingstone. He's a renowned wealth man. He became wealth and he became rich. He acquired all these things that he wanted. And he, as long as your mind is set on anything, where your mind is set on, you can achieve it. You will surely achieve what your mind has been set on. So John Livingstone did. But you know what? After the end of his life in the Britannica Encyclopedia, we know it as the greatest dictionary of our time, it is written, John Livingstone, the brother of David Livingstone. That's all about his life. John Livingstone, when they're referring to him, they refer to him as the brother of David Livingstone. Note, John Livingstone the Great, as a man standing by himself, is referred to as the brother of David Livingstone. Well, also there is a man, David Livingstone, his brother. He said, he set up his mind. He dedicated himself to serving the Lord. He knelt down 
and surrendered himself to Christ. And uh, we are going to see a quote on the visuals. This is the quote. Uh, let me read the quote from David Livingstone when they were making this uh, dedication with his brother like resolves in life. He says this and I'll quote. I will place no value on anything I have or anything I possess unless it is in a relationship to the kingdom of God. That's what David Livingstone said. I will set my mind. I will not set my mind. I will not place value on anything if it does not enhance the kingdom of God. The inscription on this man's tomb in the place, you know, Westminster Abbey in London, as we know. Uh, we know he died here in Zambia, but we know the history, right? Those of you from school, they removed his heart and he buried it in Chitambo village. And his body was embalmed and taken and buried back home in Westminster Abbey, right? So we have his tomb in Zambia where his heart was buried by his servants. And then we have another tomb of him in Westminster Abbey where his body was written, was, was buried. Now, on his tomb, it is written, <laughs> there's an inscription on his tomb that says, for 30 years, his life was spent in unwavered efforts to evangelize. That's what is written on the man's tomb. That for 30 years, his life was spent on unwavered efforts to evangelize. To spread the kingdom of God. To spread the gospel to the whole world. What a great legacy. What a great name or work to be remembered for. It's not written that this great man discovered River Nile. We know he's on his discovery, he went to discover River Nile, the beginning, the sources of River Nile. That's what led him all the way to come to, to Big Force, you know, and also studied in Living in Livingstone and all that. And the whole town is named after him because he discovered that Mosotunya, the smoke that thunders, we know it as Victoria Falls, and all that. We know all those efforts. They are not even put on his tomb. It is said for 40 years, his life was spent on an withered Efforts to evangelize. Where are you investing? On his 59th birthday, before he died, a year before he died, the following year, he would die of malaria and dysentery and all these things because of the place where he was, mosquitoes and no proper medication. A year before he died, on his 59th birthday, this is what the man writes, and I'll quote from him. He says, My Jesus! My king, my life, and my all. I again today, this day, dedicate my whole life to thee. My Jesus, my life, my all, my king, my Lord. I therefore today, this day, dedicate my whole life to thee. And he did. The following day, the man passed on. On his 60th birthday, nearly his 60th birthday, he died. 
he, we can just see, I just wanted to bring this, uh, the story from the man that we know very well and the story that we know very well on trying to, was David Livingstone poor? No, he, he invested, he, he invested in his life, he had a lot of things and he acquired wealth, he left his family in Livingstone, he left his children, and I mean, in, he, he, they were there and then they went back home, he left his children and their world to do and they all served the Lord and others, they were in the military, we know about his family, but he spent his life spreading the kingdom gospel. And Jesus says, where your heart is, where your treasure is, there your heart is going to be. Choose you today where you invest your life. We're talking about life, money, and legacy. All these things, legacy is defined by the amount of investment a living soul embarks on on their life where they invest their money and where they invest their life. All those things put together will be named as legacy after you are no more. Legacy is the name and the things that you leave back on earth while you are gone. Legacy is what Jesus remembers you for. Whether as good and faithful servant or as one who spent their whole life on trying to build monuments, raising monuments, events, and places than investing in people. You know, events, I mean, events can be forgotten. Monuments can fade away like we have statues of freedom and statues of liberty. They don't look as beautiful as probably they did in those days. But a life that is invested or replicated in other people will never pass away. We will never be forgotten. When you set up your mind to raising up other people, empowering other people, and leading them to the kingdom of God, I tell you the truth, your investment will never be forgotten, both by God and by people. Because people are at the heart of God. We are so precious before God. What do you want your legacy to be? When you are no more, what do you want your legacy to remain, to be? Is it financial security to your children? That's so good. Go after it and invest in them. Is it power? Go. Ecclesiastes says, I pursued all these things and have acquired all these things. But it's all meaningless. The end of it is chasing after the wind. That's what Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 11 says. And chapter 2 verse 18 and 19. Solomon is talking about, he's talking about power, finances, life, and its quality. Sometimes we think like, no, we have to leave power and fame and prestige and legacy to our children. Well, Solomon did. There's a lesson to learn from his life. He left all this wealth and his son by the name of Rehoboam. The guy inherited, he took over from his father. The power, the legacy, and all these things corrupted him. And one united kingdom was divided into two kingdoms. And his heart was not set on God. The Bible says it was set on pleasure, wealth, and all these things. We read it in First and Second Kings and the Chronicles. Sometimes we think of just living fame. Well, it is good. But it's certainly not long-lasting. Do we all agree? You need to live a legacy that is so long-lasting. You need to live a legacy that is so good and positive. 
You know, the legacy that you can leave in your children, number one legacy is to lead your children in the fear of the Lord. Invest Christ in their lives. Invest the gospel in their lives. The best legacy to live in people's lives is leading them to the Lord and letting them learn from your life and emulating you in the way of God. Everything else that you need to live for them is good. But how they will manage your property, money, and cars, and all these things, you won't be there to control it. It will depend on where their heart is. If their heart is on Christ, they are going to have good reputation. They are going to be full of integrity. They are going to be honest. They are going to, to invest also back in other people and in the kingdom of God. Where are we investing? It's possible we can leave memorial. Yes, but they can fade away. They can be, pan they can be tarnished. But leaving Christ in the hearts and lives of our family and friends is indeed true legacy to live here on earth. Jesus says, invest in the kingdom of God. Invest in heaven where moths or thieves cannot penetrate or access. But treasures and wealth and investment left here on earth only will only be short-lived. Parents, what kind of legacy are we leaving our children? In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, we know what Paul says to the church, to the Ephesian church. Uh, let me read uh, quickly Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 6. Let's hear what Paul is saying to the church. We, I think it's a very well-known uh, scripture. Let's, let, let me read it for us. Paul says this. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. We are commanded in the scripture to raise up our, the next generation or children in the admonition and in the fear of the Lord. To invest in them the gospel of peace, the gospel of truth, to lead them to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that the quality of their life will be determined by the leadership and the will of God in their lives. We too are to make sure that Christ is at the center of our lives. I like what Paul says to Timothy when we read in 2 Timothy. Paul says to Timothy, and you, my son Timothy, hold on to the gospel of peace. Hold on to your faith. Protect it and walk in the faith. This faith is a legacy that was left by you, to you, that was passed on to you from your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, who? Eunice. That's what first, uh, Second Timothy chapter 1 says. Timothy, hold on dear to the faith that you have. For this faith is a legacy that has been passing on in your family. It was first of all started in your grandmother, Lois, and it was deposited in your mother, Eunice, and therefore it is now in you. Hold on to it. What are you passing on to the next generation? What are you passing on to your family and friends? What are you passing on? What are you leaving as a memorial in your family and in the entire Lineage and generation. For, Uni, for Lois, she passed on faith to Eunice. Eunice passed on faith to Timothy. And Timothy, Paul calls him the great man of God. What will your grandchildren be called? What will your children be called? As drunkards, as thieves, as robbers, 
as smokers, adulterers, and killers, would that be a good legacy to live on for? Not at all. Jesus says, if you invest your treasures in heaven, you will repeat. You will harvest it. Where are we investing? There is a story. A story is told of a pencil. A maker of pencil making a box of pencils. He, there's, there's a story of, and he says that wherever you will go, make sure that when you are in the hand of somebody, leave a mark where you are used. Leave a mark. There will be a time after you have left so many, you have worked, and you will, you will, you will feel, you will finish. You will, <laughs> you will need to be sharpened time again and again for you to be effective. There is always that making process. You will be sharpened. You will pass through trouble, temptation, and all kinds of pain just to be sharpened. Out of them, you will be, again, effective and gain experience. But there are times when you, you make mistakes. I've given you power to be able to rub your mistakes. I've given you power to be able to rub your mistakes. Take care of your crown because your crown helps you to rub the mistakes and start again. When it's time to be sharpened, do not run away. Do not shortcuts, make shortcuts. Endure the process. Because after being sharpened, you will be effective again to leave great marks wherever you are used. Above it all, great pencil. Make sure that you protect your heart. Make sure that you protect your heart because your body might look very beautiful and handsome and nice, but it is all nothing if you do not have a heart inside. You'll be of no use. Make sure that your heart is good and intact. David says, out of it comes issues of life. You and I are like the great pencils, and God is the pencil maker, and he has sent us here on earth on a mission our quality of life, one day this pencil will finish and it would be remembered for so many great things that it did. And also, the quality of the pencil's work is determined by the hand that is holding it, who is holding your life. In your investment, in your life, in your possession, who is holding your life? Who do you go for for advice? Where do you run to in, term, in terms of need and trouble? What comes first? Who do you consult? If it's God, you are the pencil in the hand of God. Therefore, you are a tool of great honor and value. Your life is being used by God to be able to bring so many other sons and daughters to the kingdom of God. But there are times when you make mistakes being a human but God has given you the power of word, the power of his blood. When you repent and confess of your sins, you will be forgiven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Legacy. And many of us today, I realize, we have passed through things and we have done things. Some of those things have reduced our image, our sight, our visual, and what we look at life and how we observe life. God is saying to us today, like the great pencil, you can start again. It's not too late. 
Some of us may be here and we feel like it's too late for me. I've made so many mistakes. I've messed up a lot. There's no hope to my life. Jesus is calling you. Come, let us reason together. There is still time for you to walk with the Lord. Remember, a pencil on its own does nothing. But if it's in the hand of a great artist, you'll be amazed at what the pencil can write. On your own, you can do nothing, Jesus says in John. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you are in the hand of the Lord, if you are in the hand of Jesus, if your life is laid and controlled by him, if your heart is right and your eyes are full of the light of the gospel of God, I guarantee you that one day Jesus will say, come to me, my faithful servant. Because you would have invested in the kingdom and your rewards and your works will follow you. We read Revelation and the Bible said, books were opened. Great books were opened. Books of works, the records of works are written in it. And the books of life also is opened where who, the one whose, whose name was not found in that book of life, they were cast. In the lake of fire. When you walk with the Lord today, he will not forget you tomorrow. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. These two brothers, they had a choice to make. One set his heart on becoming great here on earth. The other one set up his heart on becoming great on earth by investing in the kingdom of God. And his rewards follows him. What will people say of you when you are no more? What do people say about you? When you are not present, where are you investing? We are called as the church and as children of God to invest in other people's lives, to invest in the kingdom of God. He says, go therefore to the ends of the earth. Baptize and teach people, make them disciples of all nations. He's calling us to invest in other people, to invest in the kingdom of God. Then our monies, our investments, all these things will be protected by God. Even Deuteronomy says it is him who give us power and wisdom to make wealth.